Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 2, Chapter 6, Text 23, Translation and Commentary by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Yada Asya Nabhyat Nalinat Aham Asam Maha Atmanaha Na Avidam Sambharan Purusha Anayavan Rite Yadasya Nabhyan Nalinad Aham Asamahatmanaha Navidang Yagyas Sambharan Purushavayavan Rite Yadasya Nabhayan Yadasya Nabhyan Nalinad Aham Asamahatmanaha Navidam Yagyasambharan Purushaya Purushavayavan Rite Ladies, please. Yada, at the time of. Asya, his, Nabhyat, from the abdomen, Nalinat, from the lotus flower, Aham, myself, Asam, took my birth, Maha, Atmanaha, of the great person, Na, Avidam, did not know, Yagya, sacrificial. Sambharan, ingredients. Purusha, of the Lord. Avayavan, personal bodily limbs. Rite, accept. 
When I was born from the abdominal lotus flower of the Lord, Mahavishnu, the great person, I had no ingredients for sacrificial performances except the bodily limbs of the great personality of Godhead. Purport, Lord Brahma, the creator of the cosmic manifestation, is known as Swayambhu, or one who is born without father and mother. The general process is that a living creature is born out of the sex combination of the male father and the female mother. But Brahma, the firstborn living being, is born out of the abdominal lotus flower of the Mahavishnu plenary expansion of Lord Krishna. The abdominal lotus flower is part of the Lord's bodily limbs and Brahma is born out of the lotus flower. Therefore, Lord Brahma is also a part of the Lord's body. Brahma, after his appearance in the gigantic hollow hollow of the universe, saw darkness and nothing else. He felt perplexity, and from his heart he was inspired by the Lord to undergo austerity, thereby acquiring the ingredients for sacrificial performances. But there was nothing besides the two of them, namely the personality of Mahavishnu and Brahma himself, born out of the bodily part of the Lord. For sacrificial performances, many ingredients were in need, especially animals. The animal sacrifice is meant not for killing the animal, but for achieving the successful result of the sacrifice. The animal offered in the sacrificial fire is, so to speak, destroyed, but the next moment it is given a new life by dint of the Vedic hymns chanted by the expert priest. When such an expert priest is not available, the animal's sacrifice in the fire of the sacrificial altar is forbidden. Thus Brahma created even the sacrificial ingredients out of the bodily limbs of the Garbhodakshay Vishnu, which means that the cosmic order was created by Brahma himself. Also, nothing is created out of nothing, but everything is created from the person of the Lord. The Lord says in the Bhagavad Gita, Aham sarvasya prabhavo matah sarvang pravartate. Everything is made from my bodily limbs, and I am therefore the original source of all creations. The impersonalists argue that there is no use in worshipping the Lord when everything is nothing but the Lord himself. The personalist, however, worships the Lord out of a great sense of gratitude, utilizing the ingredients born out of the bodily limbs of the Lord. The fruits and flowers are available from the body of the earth, and yet Mother Earth is, is, worship, is worshipped by the sensible devotee with ingredients born from the earth. Similarly, Mother Ganges is worshipped with the water of the Ganges, and yet the worshipper enjoys the result of such worship. Worship of the Lord is also performed with ingredients born from the bodily limbs of the Lord, and yet the worshipper, who is himself a part of the Lord, achieves the result of devotional service to the Lord. While the impersonalist wrongly concludes that he is the Lord himself, the personalist, out of great gratitude, worships the Lord in devotional service, knowing perfectly well that nothing is different from the Lord. The devotee therefore endeavors to apply everything in the service of the Lord because he knows that everything is the property of the Lord and that no one can claim anything as one's own. This perfect conception of oneness helps the worshipper in being engaged in his loving service, whereas the impersonalist being falsely puffed up remains a non-devotee forever without being recognized by the Lord. Om Ajnana Timirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurin Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Nama Shrishtam Manomapi Shatiputram Atrasvarupam Rupam Tasyagrajam Urupurim Maturim Goshtavartim Radha Kundam Girivaramaho Radhika Matavasham Prapto Yasya Pratita Kripaya Shri Gurum Tamnatosmi Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Ataf Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavansha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam 
Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Pada Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakamita Hari Guru Vaishnava Tina Smarane Hoi Bigna Binashan Anaya Shri Hoi Nijavanchita Pura Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare it's nothing overtly obvious in this verse which would lead us to discuss about the folly of impersonalism. But Srila Prabhupada brings it around to that point. Srila <clears throat> uh, Prabhupada was on a mission. He in his self-composed pranam mantra, described himself, he saw his mission as uh, delivering the Western countries, giving the message of Lord Chaitanya to the Western countries and delivering them from impersonalism and voidism. You think, well, that's more in India, isn't it? Impersonalism and voidism. Uh, I speculate that Srila Prabhupada's early followers, actually most of them, all of them were, they were not all of them, but they were influenced by waves of impersonalism coming over from India. It's described in the... Um, by that Prabhupada Lamata, I believe, is described there that people were reading. I've put in my text of this Mood and Mission book also how people were reading Alan Watts. Any of you familiar with Alan Watts? Yeah, still popular. They know Bhagavad Gita because of Alan Watts. Yeah, I read a book of his, a penguin book on Zen Buddhism. And then... Um, there was the Dharma Bums by Jack, what's his name, Karoak? That was popular. The Tibetan Book of the Dead, in translation, of course, not in Tibetan. And ancient Tibetan, whatever it may be. I'm not sure what language it was written in. Maybe it was written in Sanskrit, because a lot of Buddhist writings are in Sanskrit. Uh then, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the works of uh, Hermann Hesse in German, translated. I don't know if they're all impersonalists, but the only one I ever read was. Uh, and that was enough for me. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, so, the, the, that, that influence has continued. And now we have the whole New Age movement. Not, not, that, not that they introduced impersonalism. It's, it's a disease which is always there. In the, in the psyche of the intellectual, religiously inclined human, it's, it's there. It's just that in India it became uh, deeply, deeply embedded in the culture <clears throat> we don't find so much if, if we go through Mahabharata we don't find so much at that time because we find lots of sacrifices going on although it was well I'm talking especially about the, the main body of the Mahabharata which is the, we have the introduction Adi Parva but then when we get to the the story of the Pandavas, which constitutes most of the Mahabharata, if you include the the Shanti Parva and the Anushasana Parva, which is well, it's not exactly the story of the Pandavas being spoken to Yudhishthira, Bhishma's instructions to Yudhishthira, massive part of Mahabharata. Uh, there are lots of sacrifices going, but they're not that much in terms of. 
at least we, we don't find it. There's this dis- description in the Adi Parva of Ashtavakra, who's known as a as an impersonalist. But uh, it it really got systemized and propagated by Bhagavat Pad, Adi Shankaracharya. But they also call Ramanuja Bhagavat Ramanuja, Bhagavat, Bhagavat Ramanuja. <coughs> There's a difference between being Bhagavat and Bhagavat Pad. <clears throat> and the influence has been tremendous up to the present day. Although the Shankaracharyas aren't taken seriously as they used to be. But still, one North Indian passed away fairly recently. Apart from the four, it's supposed to be four, but it got reduced to three because the the Badrik Ashram and Dwarka got combined. One of them passed away, and, and he, that was that came in the newspaper. It was quite a big thing. <clears throat> but their their influence has been uh, tremendous, and that of the Vaishnavas has been tremendous also. Popular Vaishnavism more than at least in terms of the broad culture of india the 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 philosophical and cultural contributions of ramanuja madhva they're there but it's it's more the popular the in karnataka especially the the dasakuta the the uh Saints who sung songs of in local languages, mostly Canada, Tulu, and uh, Ramanuja Sampradaya. Also, there is, you find the villagers; they sing songs in local languages. Vallabh is both philosophical and it's populist also, you could say. But the real influence of Rama Bhakti in North India has been through the Ramanandis. That when people think of Ramayana in North India, they don't think of Valmiki. They think of, they call it Ramayana. It's not actually called Ramayana, the Ram Charit Manas. And most of you probably don't even know what I'm talking about here. It's only the Indians. And you're, you're not really, in, although in Nepal, the influence of Ram Charit Manas in, in the Terai especially has been you know what Terai is? Okay, he knows that much. Okay. You don't know what it is because you're not it's it's the flatland in Nepal which is a continuation of the the plains, North Indian plains, which borders Uttar Pradesh and Bihar and it continues and then the the mountains start suddenly. Suddenly you hit the Himalayas. But that flatland, it's culturally very much part of North India. So the Mithila, part of Mithila is, is there also. Janakpur is in Nepal, actually. The, the Janak's kingdom is just on the border. <clears throat> so that's very much... Uh, very much influenced by Ram Charitmanis. Once you start getting in the Himalayas and you get the Buddhist mix, especially after the Tibetans came in. But, uh, and it's all mixed up. Nepali Hinduism, it's, once you get in the hills, it's mixed up with Buddhism. Just like in Punjab, it's mixed up with Sikhism. <laughs> Hinduism is very accommodating. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the the influence of of bhakti very very strong. But the thing is that when it becomes among the popular people, then uh, and and Kabir is very influential in North India also, and he's a complete atheist actually. But it it comes over as bhakti. Uh, it comes over as bhakti, and uh, but. Uh, <clears throat> so all these influences are there, but yeah, the 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 the, the populist bhakti that goes to the common people, 
They like to sing the names of Rama and visit the holy places. Shiva is also very big in North India. And that's that in Ram Charit Manas, the, the Shiva Bhakti, if you want to call it, and the Ram Bhakti, they're brought together like that. Otherwise, there's there's been no great teacher or leader of, of Shaivism. It was big Shaivism in Kashmir way back. That's still famous today, Kashmir Shaivism. And then in the south also, we, in Karnataka, what's now Karnataka, the Lingayats, and then in Tamil Nadu, what are they called, the Nayanmars? The Nayanmars, the, the, that's been very big. And their influence is still there today, although the worship of uh, Murugan seems to be the main popular religion. Now it's Ayapa and Om Shakti and who knows what else, all kinds of things going on. Hmm? Chidambaram. Well, it's a, it's one place of Shiva worship. There are so many. Rameshram is a place of Shiva worship. Uh, Tiruvannamalai is a place. Although that the, the 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 that was actually it's a Shiva temple. It was originally a Krishna temple, but then one of the Chola kings must have been took over and converted into a Shiva temple. There are so many. Pakshi, Tirtha, Sri Kalahasti, that's in Andhra, Andhra actually. But it's all part of it. It wasn't Andhra previously. Then we, then Tanjavur, Brihadishra, so many temples are there. Shiva temples, so many Vishnu temples are there. And they're not fighting each other nowadays. Why is that? Because no one cares about religion. That's why. <laughs> And the we we find you see in Sri Rangam people, well they also have smarters there, but they also comfort. No one, no, there's no objection, no fight. The main religious fighting in Tamil Nadu within quote unquote Hinduism is Tengalai versus Vadigalai. That's going on. Now you're all lost. You don't know what I'm talking about at all. They know. Do you know anything about this? Even up in Sudur, Hyderabad. Oh, where? Where did you meet him? I see, yeah. In Hyderabad, there's that one temple there, actually, by Karnasa. And now they made that new thing at Shahabad. What's that? That new thing of Chinnaji Aswam has been very influential. Shangshabad, Shangshabad. I haven't gone. I don't plan to go either. No, no, that's not. That's not traditional to put deities outside, huge deities. How can you worship them? How can you? Hmm. Really. Hmm. Mixed up. So anyway, the point. I'm. Making here is that the, that although the mm, the more intellectual side is hasn't been prominent as much as the populist bhakti movements, but those who that's traditionally the brahmanas, from a young age they're trained, nowadays not, because they have to go to school, the slaughterhouse school. But they're, they're trained, first of all, in at least one Veda, and then they're trained in Siddhanta. First they're trained in a Veda, and... and The boys, they can be sent to anyone to learn that. For instance, the, the smarters may say and send a son to a Vaishnava. If he's learning a Veda, there's no philosophy per se there. Then it comes to Siddhanta. Now we do see that some Brahmin boys, they're still taught in, they may be taught some of the Divya Prabandhams, or they may be taught... Uh, Vishnu Sahasranama, Purusha Sukta, these things. Both in the 
Smarta line and the Vaishnava line, but they don't teach them philosophy. They, they where's the time? They go to school, right? They have to learn about science and all these things at school. They don't teach them philosophy. How the Vaishnava Siddhanta was maintained, it wasn't that many, but the Brahmins were strong and they maintained that. Uh, the, the actual Siddhanta. Well, the, in, if we have populist bhakti, it all, it all gets mixed up with impersonalism. And we see Ramanandi Sampradaya, it's all mixed up with impersonalism. And even we were talking about one Swami, he's also they're also mixed up. They can't distinguish between what's right and what's wrong. Or even if they do know what's right and what's wrong, they think that, well, anyway, we have to go along with it because Hinduism is under attack from Christianity and Islam. So we will, better we all stick together. There may be some... There may be some justification for that. It's the Kuru Pandava Nyai. There's one Nyai in one logical tool in Vedic discussion. So, Kurus, uh, Pandavas are Kurus, but they're differentiated. So, Prabhupada mentioned that. Uh, Prabhupada mentioned that that when they're fighting each other, the Kurus and the Pandavas, they were again, but when they joined together, then they, they could be they'd be a stronger force. <laughs> the thing is that the Pandavas they didn't they didn't want to join with the Kurus because what for? They they're gonna support their agenda? That's why they, they they had to go against them. They couldn't support their agenda. So it's a very dangerous thing. And it's we have in the broader body of Hinduism. I, I'm using that term because it's a conventionally used term. There's one thing that when when our movement first became known in India. Many people liked it, but many people also didn't like that when we say we're not Hindus. And up to the present day, there are many people who say we don't like it. We say we're not Hindus. You know, well, you are Hindus. You see, and, and every Hindus have temples. They do puja. They worship deities. They they put on tilak. Some of them. Uh, everything they, they, everything you do is Hindu, and culturally, it's true. But we want to, at the same time, distinguish ourselves from that. As Srila Prabhupada wrote it in one purport in Chaitanya Charitamrita, what is that, a hodgepodge of, what is that, of hodgepodge ideas, impersonalist ideas. <clears throat> so we want to distinguish ourselves. It, it's, a, it's a delicate thing because on one hand, we do understand that for the it's the same culture, even impersonalists and personalists. It's the same culture, and it's the same philosophy up to the point of liberation. Prabhupada wrote that that impersonalists and personalists they both agree that this material world is a place of misery. We have to get liberated from there. They all agree, yes, Ganga is worshipable, Guru is worshipable, Go, cow is worshipable. They all agree on so many things. But then the nature of liberation, that then we get the big divide. The idea the impersonists have the idea that you become one with everything. Uh, and we don't accept that. <clears throat> and the impersonalist philosophy becomes uh, offensive in as much as they think that Krishna is also a product of Maya. 
if he's anything in this world must be a product of Maya. So he's also a pro his pastimes are also a product of Maya. So it becomes a very sensitive thing. On on the one hand, we we do respect those who are actually following. There aren't that many uh, in the impersonalist sampradaya anywhere, or even in the personalist sampradayas, the Vaishnav sampradaya. We, we respect for their... Chaitanya Mahaprabhu respected, he respected this uh, Prakashananda Sarasvati for... for f they accept the Vedas, <clears throat> at least superficially. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also said, Vedamaniya Bodh, Hoyla Nastik, Vedashritya Nastik, Kyavad Bodha Kayadik. The Buddhists are considered atheists because they don't accept the Vedas. But people who promote the same kind of philosophy under the shelter of the Vedas are worse than Buddhists. <laughs> At least the Buddhists say openly, we reject. We reject the Vedas. But the, uh, the impersonalists, they say, they're very strong on accepting the Vedas. They fought, they fight with the Buddhists on, on the, on the uh, veracity of the Vedas. But then they don't accept the actual message of the Vedas. So anyway, I'm saying personless and personless, personless and impersonless. But then if we take the whole of quote-unquote Hindu culture, there's a lot more than that. The, 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 uh, well, there are the six darshans, and the personless and the impersonless, they come in, how many does that make? One, one, yeah. Uttarme Mangsa. And the, the Purva Mangsa, or the uh, Karmis, we can say, they, uh, the majority of people, they don't follow that now either. The idea of Sankri, here we're in this verse, I'm not really talking much about the verse. Uh, the idea you have to perform sacrifices. So their idea is that you perform sacrifices. And you. What is that? Uh, Swarga para. What is that? The Vedavadarata. Those who are attached to the the words of the flowery words of the Vedas, they have the idea you go to heaven, you perform sacrifice, you go to heaven, spend some time there, you'll come back, and then again you do more sacrifice, and you go, again you go up again. Krishna mentions in Bhagavad Gita. They go up, gata gatam kama kama labante. But the uh, the karmis, when they hear this, they think, "Yeah, that's right. That's what we believe. That's what we, that's what we do. We go up to have." They say their idea. You don't have to have any philosophy. They do this. They don't identify this the need to find out any philosophy. They just think you follow what's in the Vedas and you go to heaven. That's all. That's enough philosophy for us. They're not interested in philosophy. So that's considered one of the six darshans or philosophical systems, but they themselves are not, they're not so much interested. There's dharma and you have to follow it. Atato dharma jnyasa in the uh, in the Jaimini's Dharma Sutras. Let's find out. Let's find out about Dharma. We know, well, well, all this talk of Brahma, well, there's no point. That's just for useless people who, who got disappointed. That's for failures, right? That's what they say. The, for failures, people who couldn't get ahead in the world, they, they drop out and become a Hare Krishna because cause they couldn't get ahead in the world. So that's their idea. All this talk of Brahma, all that, forget it. Let's go to heaven. Let's do something practical and be happy. Yeah. Do some, we say chant Hare Krishna and be happy. They say do some sacrifices and be happy. It says in the Vedas, you get, you get happiness in the heavenly planets. So 
let's let's go for it so they have a a different outlook <clears throat> so in this way it's we find it it's rare to find someone who's interested in studying and understanding this philosophy it's very uh, very rare and it it's easier to take the that's that term cherry pick from bhakti that you know, yeah we like the, we like the kirtan we like the prasadam we don't like the philosophy and then we'll all just chant hari krishna and jai Prabhupada, and Prabhupada will smile at us and we'll all go to golok vrindavan the only problem with golok vrindavan is there's no illicit sex up there and there's no pizzas up there so uh we have to come back to the Kirtan Mela. <laughs> we have to come back to this world, and uh, I only want to. I want to stay in this world, birth after birth. I don't want to go back to Golok Vrindavan because Golok Vrindavan, too many rules up there. <laughs> no enjoyment. When we finish the Kirtan, there are other ways to enjoy also. You know, you've got to be all rounded, right? Don't be fanatical. All rounded, yeah, I have a big belly. <laughs> All round Vaishnavas. Progressive, that's the word, progressive, yeah. I don't know how much we're going to progress more than what Lord Chaitanya gave. That's the ultimate progression, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There was Shankara, then Ramanuja, then Madhva, and then somewhere Vishnu Swami, and then Balaban. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came, and that's that's the ultimate. What is there beyond that? Well, some people, they want to interpret Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the, the Nagari Bhav, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu having relationships with the young women of Nadia, but that's rejected. That, that, that Rupa Goswami never accepts that. That's Rupa Nugavirudha Apasiddhanta. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave the ultimate, if we want to go ultimate, ultimate, higher, 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 ultimately we come to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what he what he has given. <clears throat> That's enjoyment, but it's not mundane enjoyment. It's, not in, it's definitely not impersonalism. But it requires vairagya vidya nijabhakti yogam, Chaitanya shikshatam, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for the purpose of teaching renunciation and clear spiritual knowledge Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared Savabhom Bhattacharya recognized this he himself was a leader although he was a household he was a leader in the Sampradaya the Mayavadis who very much emphasize Vairagya and Vidya this renunciation and knowledge so that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he gave the prem, love of Krishna, but it's not that there's no vairagya or vidya. That's from us in this material world, that is required. <clears throat> all, all of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's followers, the six Goswamis, they were exemplary in vairagya and vidya. So that is required. Without that, the tendency to gross sense gratification will arise. And that, that's happened in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sampradaya. Because patra patra vichanahi nahistana stan jejahapai tahe de. Premadan, the Panchatattva, didn't discriminate who is eligible, who is not eligible. They just, wherever, whenever, they gave prem. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave by giving the holy names. But then it's it's also required to, to moderate that in the sense that people have to be guided so that they don't mistake the bliss of Krishna consciousness with the mundane sensual enjoyment or they don't try to mix the two things. That tendency is always there. 
So that's required. That's also one reason, or one major reason, Srila Prabhupada, Prabhupada wanted to establish Varnashram Dharma with, with Brahmins at their head who can give clear spiritual guidance. Um, if, if that's not there, even in what to speak of the broader society, in Vaishnava society, then it's all going to degrade. And we, we practically see that, that, that with emphasis on Kirtan Mela, for instance, but not on daily study of the books which Srila Prabhupada gave us. Even at the Kirtan Mela, there's, there's not study of the books. And understanding, discriminating between what should be done and what should not be done. Without that discrimination, what we become what? Demons. Pravritingcha, nivritingcha, jana, navidur, asuraha. Those who don't know what is to be done and what is not to be done, they're called demons. And that is on the basis of scripture, we have to understand. So kirtan, yes, but uh, we have to know what are the offenses against the holy name. Unless we know that and then we're going to make the offenses. And if you see most of the offenses, they're based on ignorance of proper understanding. To think that the name of Vishnu is the same as the name of demigods, to think that one can sin on the basis of the holy name, to think that chanting is, is yagya, dana, vrata, tapa, all the, it's, it's like something else in the Vedic rituals. For It's shubha kriya, it's some auspicious activities for material enjoyment, offer liberation. Most of the offenses are... That we'll find artavadaha to think that it's the the glories of the holy name are exaggerated. Harinamni uh, kalpanam to think that this it's all just some, some imagination. So it's all all the, the offenses are on the basis of ignorance. Therefore, we have to hear and understand and apply this in our life also. Otherwise, uh, so many people will come along and be charismatic and chant Hare Krishna and mislead us. So we should study and understand. Srila Prabhupada, he came to preach Krishna consciousness, and the main way he did that was by distributing these books to the public. In one sense, these books are not for the public. Shukadeva Goswami spoke to, Rishi, to Parikshit specifically, who was most qualified. He, he was a professional politician and administrator. So you may say he's not as qualified as all the rishis who are profession by profession by the word profession doesn't really fit but by vritti by their by their occupation they were full time uh, students and professors students of the Vedic literature that's what they did all their life so in one sense you could say Parikshit wasn't as qualified the same thing with Arjuna he was. He, he wasn't that he was ignorant. Krishna speaks about, right from the beginning of the Gita, Krishna speaks uh, about, the, he uses so many words, atna, rita, the word rita comes here in a different sense. Uh, yoga, buddhi yoga, Krishna uses all these terms from the beginning. So Arjuna, he must have had a good background in all these things to even begin to understand it. But, Arjuna and Parikshit were the proper persons to hear Gita and Bhagavatam respectively because they were tuned into the proper understanding, they're devotional. But, but otherwise, Bhagavatam is a highly philosophical text. It's sometimes missed. Just look what we're going through here. Highly philosophical text, which... Uh, 
you wouldn't think it's meant for distribution to the public. But on the other hand, it is meant for everyone, because Krishna is meant for everyone. Gita is in, in meant for everyone. It's meant specifically. Rajashayo Viduhu for the, for the Rajarshis, for the uh, great leaders of men who are highly philosophical also and highly self-controlled also. But it's it's meant for everyone because everyone is meant to know Krishna. And this Bhagavatam will give light in the darkness of this Kali Yuga. So it, it might seem that what are people going to understand if they read this? Read the purport. Uh, you give this set of books to someone, they open it up. Lord Brahma, the creator of the cosmic manifestation, is known as Swayambhu, or one who is born without father and mother. And he's lost immediately. <laughs> when I was born from the abdominal lotus flower of the Lord, Mahavishnu, or the great person. I had no ingredients for sacrificial performances except the bodily limbs of the great personality of Godhead. We need guiding through it when we first join the movement, what to speak of. But it will have its effect, and we see that. It's hard to understand. Prabhupada said, I'm blindly following my Guru Maharaj in the sense of just having these books and Srila Prabhupada was in ecstasy to hear about the book distribution. Nothing enlivened him more. And it has its effect. It has its effect. Some some devotees say, now what's the use? Better you go out and you, you meet people and talk with them about environmentalism and get them to chant and this and that. But, but it doesn't have the power of Bhagavatam, of Prabhupada's books. Krishna is personally present in these books. He, he is these books. And Srila Prabhupada wanted them distributed. And we should distribute them. And then people come. We had that, uh, had that experience in England sometimes. We were distributing Prabhupada's books. And then we'd meet somebody and say, well, I got one of your books. And I tried to read it, but I couldn't understand it. And then you explain it to them simply. And you say, oh yeah, okay, now I understand. So they need personal contact also. But books are the basis and we shouldn't... If we don't have the books, if we don't put the books in the center, uh, then we're going to get into all kinds of speculations and, and easy, uh, watered-down Krishna consciousness. I gave some histori some historical examples how things get watered down without proper philosophy. And needs pro people also, generation after generation, to imbibe this and teach this. I was talking about brahmanas who maintain the philosophy, but they're taught philosophy on the basis of books, right? What's going on? Got a break there. They're taught philosophy on the basis of books. For the madhvas, the nyaya sudha is compulsory. The study of it, its its delineation of madhvas philosophy on the strong basis of logic. Hmm. And for us, it's Srila Prabhupada's books. Jiva Goswami made his Shachandarbhas and whatever's taught in there is taught in Srila Prabhupada's books. It just, it, it's, it systematically goes point by point. But it's all the same thing. Well, the Shachandarbhas, first of all, the uh, Tattva Sandarbha established, Srimad Bhagavatam is the ultimate truth which we require for Kali Yuga. That is uh, 
required now. Then what's the next one? It is the uh, Paramatma. Is that the next one? Hmm. Bhagavad Sandarbha? Par- Krama Sandarbha is all of them put together because he takes so many quotes from the uh, Bhagavatam and they're practically so he's it's it's all the Sandarbhas taken apart and put with in his yeah, par, then he established Paramatma Sandarbha. He doesn't discuss about Brahman, impersonal Brahman. So if you want to know about that, go and see Shankaracharya. Then uh, Paramatma Sandarbha, then Bhagavad Sandarbha. Yeah, then there's okay, Tapa Sandarbha, then there's Paramatma, then there is uh, Bhagavan, the Supreme Personality of God. Then uh, there is Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And ultimately there is, and then there's Bhakti Sandarbha, how to practice, and then Preeti Sandarbha. So we have four on Sambandha, one on Abhideya, and one on Prayojan. So it's all, but everything's there in, in Srila Prabhupada's books. <clears throat> so we should study them and distribute them and teach them and if you have time, inclination, there are so many other things we can read also. Prabhupada said, right in the beginning of Bhagavatam, he says, you can study the commentaries, and he gives a whole big list. Who's going to read so many things in their life? From, from, there may be some specialists, there should be specialist scholars of Krishna consciousness, but for most of us, even if we can read all of Srila Prabhupada's, but it's not that... I, I read it. I, I read all the proverbs. Okay, finished. Okay, what's next? <laughs> it was so enthusiastic, but uh, there's there's so much. Just like I was saying the other day, you you we read it. Okay, then we come back and read it again, and then it, we find there's more, and it just goes on like that because Krishna is unlimited, and I'm not going to take questions because a bit tight on time. Hare Krishna. Finish there. Vanchakalpa